During this time of year, we focus on things that are a little different. Life changes. Even for those who don't know the Lord, things change. We begin to focus on things like family. Uh, we arrange time to get together. We spend time getting gifts for one another. Life changes. Well, in the same way, the way of the kingdom are very different than the ways of the world. And part of what we are celebrating is that when Jesus came, he demonstrated those very things. He showed us what it is to live differently. And I want to tell you this morning that it is a path that, that not only brings us joy, but it brings us freedom. Even in a world that is oppressed, even in a world that is bound in darkness, we are able to live differently. And Jesus demonstrated that for us. This morning, we're going to go to a scripture. It's actually in Philippians, but it talks about what Jesus was showing us. It talks about the ways of the kingdom that Jesus demonstrated for us. And first of all, that's one of the ways of the kingdom is that God demonstrates things for us. You know, one of the things that we often see with those who are maybe um, above us in a job or something like that, what we oftentimes see is we see people who tell us to do things that they are unwilling to do themselves. Have you ever worked for that person who gets on you for doing something that they themselves are doing? But it's okay for them because they're the boss, right? Well, it's not that way with Jesus. Jesus entered humanity. And if you don't know, Jesus is God. Jesus was there in the creation, and Jesus leaves all of that, and he comes and he enters humanity, and then he says this, live as I live. Let me demonstrate what it is to live in this life, and he demonstrates. Have you ever worked for somebody who would do things that they wouldn't even ask you to do? Like they would really put themselves out there. If you've ever worked for somebody like that, you want to give them your all. Well, guess what? That's who God is. And, and you know, out of all the, the false gods that are out there, God is the only one who um, demonstrates for us and gives his life for us. That is not found in any other belief system. And the reason is this, because every other false god is actually of the demonic. And the demonic is all about using you for something. But that's not God. God doesn't need you for anything. Instead, he says, you know what? I want you. And you don't even have to give me anything. I will give you my presence. I will give you my spirit. And my spirit will accomplish things through you. And all I ask of you is that you simply give me yourself. That's it. Well, that is the very thing that Jesus demonstrates in coming to earth. He didn't need anything from us. Instead, he gives to us. He demonstrates for us. Then, at the end of it, he goes to the cross and he suffers the punishment due each one of us.
You know, sometimes people say things like, oh, you know, all the religions out there, they're all pretty much the same. You know, they've got this God, and this God wants you to be a good person. Totally untrue. There is nothing like Jesus. Nothing like Jesus. Jesus is the one who paid the penalty for all of us. Jesus is the only one who doesn't need anything from us. Anything that God asks of us is for us. It's for us. So like, for instance, when when God says, I want you to give a portion of your money. Why? Because he needs your money? Absolutely not. He doesn't need a single dime from you. Why would he do that? Because he wants you to learn what it is to trust. Because it is absolutely imperative that you learn to trust God. Because if you don't learn to trust God, who are you going to trust? Yourself. And that's not going to work out so well. And so God asks things of us, not because he needs anything, but because he wants to show us what it is to trust in him. This morning, we're going to be in the book of Philippians, book of Philippians chapter two, beginning in verse three. So at the beginning of this, uh, this is a letter that Paul writes, and it's going to be talking about some of the ways of the kingdom, and then it's going to talk about how Jesus demonstrates this. So at these first verses, though, it's going to be talking about some of the ways of the kingdom. How is it that we can live differently? So in the first verse, verse 3, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Now, this is something that we see in Jesus. Jesus didn't try to impress anyone. Again, Jesus was God. He was the creator. He could have come to earth in any uh, form or fashion that he wanted to. But what he chose was to be born to some no-name people, right? Uh, I, I mean, his birth took place uh, in a stable, uh, in a no-name place that no one really respected. Um, He didn't have some kind of great job as he grew up and, you know, one that would people would go, oh, wow, look at the uh, position that he holds. He lived a life that was free because he wasn't worried about impressing others and he wasn't focused on himself. Now, here's the thing. You may hear that and, and you, that may sound harsh and it may sound, not sound like a way that you want to live, but that way of life will set you free. First of all, don't be selfish. You know, sometimes we get this idea, and this is the way of the world, by the way. This is what we see all around us. We think that by focusing on ourselves, our desires will be met. I want to share with you this morning that the opposite is true. If you focus on yourself, the very things that you desire will not happen. You know, for instance, we all like encouragement from other people, okay? We like people to say, hey, you're doing a good job there. Hey, I really notice the effort that you're giving over here. But if I'm a person who's always talking about how great I am and how much effort I give, how many people are going to come and tell me that I'm doing a good job? Zero. Because I'm shouting at myself. Why? Because I'm focused on myself. 
But when I start focusing on other people, the very things that I desire start to come back to me. People start to say things like, you know what, I really appreciate this or, or, or that, whatever it is. And so when I stop being selfish, I actually have my desires met. Now, the other part of this is don't try to impress others. Now, this is something that most of us don't like to admit, but we think about it a lot. I mean, it just comes on us. And you may think, oh, no, that, that, that's not me. I, I, don't, I don't worry about impressing others. Um, but how many of us, when you get a phone call from somebody that says, hey, um, I'm headed to your house. I'll be there in two minutes. See you in a little bit. How many of you don't straighten something? I mean, I like things a little straightened. I don't like to live in a pigsty. But if somebody's coming over, oh, wait, this is on a whole new level. Well, what's that about? Is that about me and what I'm enjoying or is that about them? That's about what they're thinking. And it's not actually about them. But here's the whole thing. If I'm worried about what they're thinking about my house, you know what I'm not doing? When they come over, I'm not even focused on them. You know, one of the things that the Lord has shown me, for instance, is um, if I stand up here and I'm worried about impressing you, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to be listening to the Lord and I'm not actually going to be focused on you. I'm just worried about what you're thinking about me. And so what I'm doing up here is not listening to the Lord and, and, and I'm not actually giving any benefit to anyone. And I walk away feeling totally frustrated. You walk away frustrated because I wasn't even listening to the Lord and, and it, it, it's all a mess. I, I've noticed that, you know, even not talking about me, but just thinking about the church in general, if there are things going on and I'm like, um, instead of, of worrying about just focusing on Jesus and walking in that freedom and walking in joy and then ministering to other people. Again, if I'm thinking about what you're thinking about, you know, the church and how things are going, I, I walk around in a place of total frustration. And so when you can walk away from trying to impress others, it will radically change your life. Radically change your life. Here's another thing that it does. When we're worried about impressing others, we stop ourselves from being used of the Lord. Here's why. We become afraid to do things. We become afraid to do things. Why? Because we might not do it perfectly. Okay? Uh, how many of you don't want to pray out loud in front of someone? Why not? What's that about? Are you praying to God alone? Well, then why wouldn't you want to pray in front of somebody else? Because you're worried about what they think. What's that about? That's worried about, I'm worried about impressing others. That's what that's about. Uh, I mean, maybe God has given some of you a, a gift to, you know, uh, sing or, or lead and, you know, worship, something like that. But, but maybe you're not doing it. Why? Because, well, you, you're worried about impressing others. You don't want criticism right? I mean, you, you can do that with anything. There are so many things. This will radically change your life if you can get to a place where you're like, you know what? I don't, I'm not going to worry about impressing others. And <laughs> I say this because it's something that God's speaking to me and he's showing me over and over how many times I think about this. I, I mean, and, and it's not a conscience, conscious thought. 
it, like it just happens. Like again, and when somebody calls you and they're coming over to your house, it's just like, boom, you go into the mode of impressing others. It's a miserable place to be. I, I mean, when you get up in the morning and you're picking out some clothes, pick out something you enjoy. That's great. God's given it to you to bless you. But if you're sitting there and you're putting something on, you're like, no, not that, not, not, not this. You know what that's usually about? Oh, what are others going to think? Oh, you know, it, are they? it's a miserable place to be. But what if, what if you could walk away from that and you just began to enjoy things around you and focus on other people? It will change your life. That is the ways of the kingdom. But it's not the ways of the world. But this is what Jesus is offering. He goes on and he says, Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. So this goes back to the impressing others thing. Because again, what happens is, when I'm thinking of others as better than myself, what I'm doing is, I'm taking a mindset that I'm looking for the positive in others. Around you right now, every person around you is better at something than you. Look for those things. Look for them and point them out. Again, what's going to happen when you start to think of others in that way? You're going to vocalize it. You're going to encourage people. What's going to happen with that? Well, people are going to start to encourage you in return because you are such a blessing to them. And it is going to radically change your life. But when you are constantly focused on yourself and you're worried about impressing others and you have this sense that you're actually not better than, than somebody else at something and, and so um, you, you, you feel like they're really good at something and so instead of encouraging them, you look for ways to try and tear them down. You, you look for ways to try and tear them down in the eyes of others and so you walk around spreading little gossip and whatever and it's just, you are in a miserable prison at that point. But what if, what if you decided to start thinking of others as better than yourself? It's totally freeing. You don't have to do something better than the person next to you all of a sudden. You can live free. Now, does that mean you don't try to do things well? Absolutely not. Doing things well is, is enjoyable. Do that. But don't be trying to outdo everybody else around you. It's a miserable place to be. And that's exactly why the religious leaders killed Jesus. But Jesus was in a free spot. He wasn't worried about impressing them. He could have called down, you know, angels and done all kinds of crazy things. But instead, even when he was healing people, he was like, now don't go tell anybody. Why? Because he's not worried about impressing other people. What kind of freedom is that? Then you look at the religious leaders. They see Jesus healing people and they're like, oh, he must be possessed by a demon. That's why he's doing that. Why are, why are they saying that? Because they want to impress others. They don't want anybody else to appear better than them. If you're in that place, you're miserable. You're, you're in a, you know, what, wherever work setting you're in, you're constantly trying to, uh, you know, stir things up about others, trying to make them look bad. Why? Because you don't think much of yourself. But when you can get to that place that you're not trying to impress others, you're thinking of others better than yourself, you're going to live in a place of freedom, and it's going to change your life. Verse 4 says, 
Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't look out for your own interests? Yes, you should, okay? I mean, be a healthy person. If you're not a healthy person, you can't really be helping other people. So look out for your own interests, but you know what? Start thinking of other people's interests. Again, what's it going to do? It's going to start something. People are going to start to look to you, and and they're going to want to help you out because you're always helping other people out. And what a blessing that is. But where does it start? It starts with us giving. That's what the whole Christmas season is about. Where did that start? It started with Jesus. It started with him leaving heaven and coming here. So now, verse 5, here's where he takes it to Jesus. And he says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. This is, when we talk about attitude, we're talking about a mindset and you can have it. But you got to choose it. And you gotta, you got to spot when things are happening. Uh, for instance, there are times when you know we're worshiping in song before a message and I'm standing over here and I'm trying to sing but then I got things going through my head right I got things going through my head and, and when I start to get in that frustrated place I, I know what's happening okay and I believe the enemy's involved but my flesh is also involved I'm, I'm starting to think of negative things because the enemy doesn't want me in a place where I'm focused on the Lord and can be used of him He wants me in a place where I'm mad, I'm irritated, because then I'm going to block the Lord and, you know, I'm going to stand up here and either try to impress you or try to tear you down because I'm mad at something, whatever it is. But what's not happening at that point is that I'm not open to the Lord. But, But what happens is I spot it in my head. Whoa, wait, I'm going to that place again. What's going on? I got to change my mindset. That's not psychobabble, okay? It's a reality. Have the attitude that Christ had. What's that mean? It is a choice. It's a choice. It is. All right? My attitude is not the result of what's going on around me. Baloney. It is completely my choice. And I've found this. I can be walking in unbelievable blessing, have all kinds of great things going on, but of course I got one thing that's not. And I can focus on that thing and ruin everything else because I'm focused on that one thing. Have you ever done that? I I mean, um, for those of you who, um, and it doesn't even matter if you don't have a spouse, maybe you have a close friend, whatever it is. And let's say that you have set up a time that you're going to spend time with them and you're looking forward to it. You know, maybe you're going to go shopping with them or you're going to go out to eat with them, whatever it is. But, but one of you says something that irritates the other, right? And then what happens at that point? You have to make a choice. Am I going to focus on this thing? Because if you do, what happens is you go out to a nice restaurant, spend all kinds of money you don't normally spend, and you hate it because you're focused on the one thing that was said, right? Anybody ever been there? Yeah. (laughs) It's a choice. I've got to choose it. Have the attitude that Christ had. So what kind of attitude did he have? Though he was God, He was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. What? It was his right. He was God. 
He didn't cling to his rights. Have you ever said, have you ever thought, that's not right? That rules me sometimes. How dare they do that? That's not right. They can't get away with that. You know what? Jesus didn't cling to it. He was God. Instead, he left that place and he went to another place. Why? Because of you and because of his love for the Father. And it would end in something that was such a blessing to all of us because he was willing to do that. God is saying, have that same attitude. Instead, verse 7, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He was the creator. He has no beginning. He has no end. You and I are just created. And he took that. He took on that form. Why? Not just so that he could die. Because we're not here to celebrate his death right now. We're in this season. We're celebrating his birth. The fact that he came here. He didn't just come to die. He came to live among us and to demonstrate the ways of the kingdom. Do you want to find some joy? Do you want to find more freedom than you're experiencing right now? Quit clinging on to your privileges. Quit clinging on to your privileges. There are things that you can hold on to. You know, maybe you've, you've got a certain status. You've reached a certain age. You know, you've put in your time over here. Whatever it is, quit clinging to it. And listen to the Father. Because maybe the Father's saying, I want you to go do this. Well, that's not my job. That's the job of, you know, knucklehead over here who hasn't, you know, maybe been on the job as long as I have. Whatever it is, you know. I'm the whatever, you know. This is my position. Quit it. Listen to God. And when you begin to walk in those ways, it's not only going to change your own heart, but it is going to change hearts of others around you. And the kingdom is going to be there. That's the beautiful thing. This is the amazing thing. The kingdom is here. In the midst of this world and this world system, in the middle of it is the kingdom. And if you want to experience the joy and the life of the kingdom, this is what it is. This is walking it out. But you have to say no to the flesh because your flesh is going to say, that's a bunch of baloney. I want what I want. But, but, but what I'm telling you is if you take that path, you're going to be miserable. It's not a good path. It's, it's a total illusion. This is where we find joy and peace. When I say, I'm not going to cling on to the things that, that, that are supposedly my rights and my privileges. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. I want you to mark that he humbled himself in obedience to God. Going back to what we said in the very beginning, there is nothing God needs from you. There's nothing that you can give him. That, that's not what this life is about, is trying to give things back to God. What God wants is obedience. 
What's obedience? Obedience is simply saying yes to God, opening myself up, and allowing him to use me. That's what obedience is. You know, I'm not up here trying to preach a good sermon for God, to give something back to him. I'm up here opening myself up and saying, God, if you want to use me in this way, I'm available. You do it. That's what God's after. That's what it's all about. Verse 9, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now within here is a pattern. You're not Jesus, okay? You're not going to sit on his throne as he is Jesus. He is the king. But in here is a pattern. And if you will walk the pattern of Jesus, there is a heaven awaiting for you that God wants to elevate you to. The Bible talks about those who are proud, he humbles, all right? Those who take and choose the humble road, he elevates. There's a pattern here. Do you want to walk in blessing? Then don't go out and try to grab it. Instead, look for ways to bless others, and when the time is right, God will lift you up. I want to read two more verses here. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now notice it doesn't say work hard for your salvation or work hard to earn your salvation. It says work hard to show the results before I, let me read the rest of this before I say more about that, because it really talks about what that's about. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Verse 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. If you've made a decision for Jesus, the power is in you. The desire is there, but you also know if you're honest, You've got the other desires going on too. The desire to just be lazy and just hang out and not be available for God. And when God calls you to something to be like, no, you know, that's not, that's not my place. I'll let somebody else do that. Or, you know, that place of, uh, you know, you want to impress people. And so, you know, you, you don't want to step up and be put yourself in a place where you could be criticized because, you know, you're trying to impress people. I've got to say no to that. I've got to say no to that. And when I do, God says, I'm going to give you the desire and then I'm going to give you the power to walk it out. So what God asked me to do is not to get up and earn things, but to simply say yes to him, to walk in obedience, to open myself up. And then then God will display the ways of the kingdom. That's going to change my life. It's going to change the life of others around me because it's going to show them the path to freedom. Jesus is here in the form of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is inhabiting people who've said yes to Jesus. The way of the kingdom is not to instruct people. The way of the kingdom is to demonstrate. Are you instructing? Sure, Jesus taught, but he demonstrated everything he taught. 
On the other hand, the scriptures say that the religious leaders of the time were piling burdens on the people that they themselves could not carry. That is the way of the world. God's calling us to something different. Do you want to uh, lead others down a path of freedom? you got to walk it out. And that means saying no to the other desires that are in you when you know it's your flesh and saying yes to these other desires. And when we do, God will supply the power. But I must say yes. Lord, 